G'day punters and welcome to Winning Post Preview Podcast, Melbourne Cup Special 2023. I'm John Barker and joining me as usual, Jackpot Joel Marshall and the Jackal Carl Diorio. Well, Joel, ahead of Tuesday's Melbourne Cup, all the talk has pretty much been about three runners. There's the Irish-trained favourite, Vorbin. There's the Caulfield Cup winner without a fight. And there is the reigning Melbourne Cup winner, Gold Trip. Um, a lot of people see, see it as a race in three, but uh, as does the market. But uh, it's got it wrong before. Indeed, Barks. Yeah, look, it's, uh, if you believe you know, just about everyone you, everyone you listen to, then Vorban's over the line. But I'm sure a lot of those people were declaring Dover legend last year and he didn't quite get the job done. So, yeah, it's always it's always just a little bit... You're just a little bit wary of uh, these imports that they, you know, really hone in on and, and suggest that they're just going to be far too good. Um, look, I think the, the market probably was getting about right uh, early this morning, uh, early Monday morning and, and Sunday evening with Warband getting out to be on $4. I think, he, you know, he was into sort of 3.30 and they were pushing him out past $4, which I think is probably getting a little bit more realistic. Um, Carl, as I've written in the paper this week, um, the market, whenever whenever an international, whenever a Northern Hemisphere-trained horse has won, uh, the market has picked the wrong one, bar, I think, American, um, apart from uh, vintage crop, Although he was about fifteen bucks, I don't think there was any because uh, they were a bit of a rarity in those days. I don't think there was one shorter than him. But every other year that uh, an overseas trained horse has won, the market has been focused on another one. Uh, you are our European form guy, but uh, you think the market might have, uh, without spoiling anything, you think the market <laughs> might have got it right this time. I suspect so. Um, it, it's it's. Not too hard, though, with the rights or the run to envisage the stablemate of the favourite Vorban's uh, stablemate, Absurd, running a, a cheeky race. He's, it's hard to win three wide, no cover in any event, particularly over 2,800, and he did so last time in the Ebor, and he's drawn the inside third of the field. So with Zach Purd on the board, you can imagine him uh, being there when the whips are cracking, and uh, it's interesting to see as Vorban drifts, Absurd has firmed up. So... Uh, the price discrepancy has is, is certainly closed up. More Fallons, the, the horse uh, that Chris Waller's got, it was an eye-catcher in the Geelong Cup, probably has to go up another few notches. But as we know, these lightweight horses in Melbourne Cups can never be dismissed easily. So, yeah, history does suggest that uh, we always do go the wrong way, but maybe this year we might hit the target. All righty, well, we'll take you through the black type races at Flemington and uh, maybe we'll do the last as well so that uh, everybody can construct a quaddy. Uh, but the first of the black type races is indeed the first race and as always on Cup Day, it is bright and early. It is 10.45am local. It is the Daly Maribyrnong Plate, a 1,000 metre group three set weights for two-year-olds. Uh, Joel with eight starters and five of them are first starters. Yeah, always a bit tricky with this, uh, with these these races to kick off. Um, I think uh, last year's winner was at a big price, Cracker Rib. Uh, don't think the winner will be as big a price this year. I've gone with Seven Odinson. I've quite liked his jump out work at Cranbourne for the Mar Eustace Stable. With Blake Shin to ride, I've got him ahead of one admitted, who did everything right, winning at Bendigo on debut. Five Katoggio, who's been trialling up quite nicely. And four Blue Stratum. 
who has certainly been jumping out really well and was going to be a leading hope at the Valley last week had he got a start. Seven on top for me from one, five and four. Yeah, I know the stable, uh, Tony and Calvin McAvoy, were very disappointed not to get a run in the English banner with Blue Stratham. They might get a little bit of compensation here um, with Blue Stratham. I've got him on top. His jump outs have been impressive. To beat Odinson, uh, Joel's top selection. Catoggio in for third, an expensive yearling out of the uh, stakes before Mayor Palazzo Publico. And for fourth, I've put in number three, Alaplenty. I've gone four, seven, five and three. And I'm with Blue Stratum 2 to be admitted Catoggio and Odinson. 4, 1, 5 and 7. Race 2 at Flemington on Tuesday is the Furphy Plate. And this one is a listed handicap over 1,800 metres. Joel? Yeah, pretty um, you know, small field, um, smaller than usual for this race. But uh, there's a few chances and it's a bit tricky to work out. I... I'm going to stick with Sabark. I, I had him on top uh, when the selections put in before the weekend, but he could easily could easily change to Lord Vladivostok, who didn't get a lot of luck there on Derby Day, and he's on the quick backup. Uh, so be working around those two. But I've got three Sabark on top. He's been racing pretty consistently, and I think just back to eighteen hundred probably suits. Not sure he ran a strong two thousand at the Valley the other day. So three on top of six. One pounding. He's obviously been tackling some hot races this campaign. And four forgot you. Three, one, six, four. Gone with Lord Vladivostok on top, third up from a spell. One first up very impressively as an outsider with 63 kilos in South Australia and then was placed in the Murray Bridge Cup last time, getting back and running home strongly. The rise to 1,800 metres third up looks ideal off the limit weight. I've got him ahead of four, forgot you, has been racing well in stronger company than this. Uh, third, number seven, Mr Maestro, an encouraging first up performance at Caulfield, short of his best distance. He generally does improve second up. And then for fourth, number three, Silbark, who uh, has been thereabouts, has a bit of a, a tricky run in store from, from the outside barrier in this small field. He's a horse that I like to see smothered up with cover and, and produced late. Uh, may not have that luxury here from the outside barrier. Six, four, seven, three in race two. Uh, I made Mr Maestro my best on the card, although my, my best bet on Cup Day is always not to bet, bet in any races other than the Cup. Although, mind you, I couldn't go any worse than uh, Derby Day. Um, this year, uh, yeah, I, like Mr. Meister always needs to run first up. It was a good first up run and uh, comes to 1,800 metres, three starts, two wins and second to in a group two. Fast finishing second to Pericles, I think, is pretty good form for this sort of race to beat Lord Vladivostok. We've got you and pounding, seven, six, four and one. And the last of the early black type races at Flemington on Tuesday is race three. It's the TAB Trophy. SK, it's also over the 1,800 metres. The barrier people don't have uh, – will have quite a quite an easy day on Saturday. They seem to be they, – they run a lot of uh, – they've got two 1,800 metres races in a row, and I see the last three are all 1,400. Um, the bitch one is 1,800, but it is for three-year-old at set weights and penalties. I think the registered name is perhaps the Connoisseur Stakes. Job. Uh, seven Warmonger on top for me. I thought the debut run was quite good. Uh, early speed certainly suited him at Mornington last start. But he was able to circle them up and uh, circle them out wide round them up and, and win coming away. So I think he's got a bit of upside about him. Happy to have him on top of three Bonotto, who is a maiden after four starts. But he probably shouldn't be. He's run well all four occasions. 
uh, trying to follow in the footsteps of his older brother, Ain't No Deal Done, who won this race a few carnivals back. Five Big Swan was a pretty good winner at sale on debut. Didn't beat a lot, but had to knuckle down when challenged. And I thought the step up in distance would suit. And in for fourth, number two, Aztec State. Seven from three, five and two. I do apologise to the listeners there. If they heard any background audio in the intervening period, I've been kicked out of two meeting rooms, not just one, but two. So that's uh, my luck on Cup Day might be all out of whack. Uh, Warmonger also on top for me. I, I think Damien Lane's going to get off to a flyer here. Um, I've got him winning the first three races. Uh, I, I thought Warmonger was a good last start winner and, and does look a progressive type and has a pedigree to suggest that. Uh, He's a middle-distance prospect for the future. I've got him ahead of horses two Aztec State, who was an eye-catcher last time, four natural deduction and eight my way. Seven, two, four and eight. I am with Aztec State on top of Queen of Dragons, Warmonger and natural deduction, two, ten, seven and four. And that brings us straight to the Quaddy, which kicks off with the Melbourne Cup itself, 3 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time. And what we might do is we might get uh, you boys to just give a quick uh, rundown on each and every horse. Uh, Joel, you can have the odd numbers and uh, Carl, the even numbers. The Melbourne Cup, needless to say, is uh, over 3,200 metres and it is a handicap. This year, 8.5 kilos separates Gold Trip on 58.5 uh, from the bottom four on 50 each, and uh, it is worth 8.4 million, including 4.4 million to the winner. And we start with horse number one, who is trained by Kieran and David, Kieran Maher and David Eutis, will be ridden this year by James McDonald, has 58 and a half from Barrier Two, and the name of the horse is Gold Trip Joel. Yeah, well, he just seems to be flying, doesn't he? He's got to be on everyone's short list. I would have thought he's only up a kilo on last year, 58 and a half. You know, it's a, it's a, stiff, a stiff task. But as I said, only up a kilo, and he just seems to be going as well as ever. Uh, can all of these dry track runs just take their toll on him? I think that's sort of what Mark Zara was half sort of um, thinking about when he opted for without a fight. But, yeah, I just think the form that he's in, he's going to get a, an economical run and... And only up a kilo, he's got to be a, a clear top contender. Horse number two is Alain Kerr, French bred son of Adler Flug. And the trainer is Michael Moroni. The jockey is Damien Oliver, his last chance to equal Bobby Lewis and Harry White with four Melbourne Cup wins. And 56.5 kilos, barrier nine, Carl. I suppose it would be the fairy tale that most people will be cheering for. Uh, if, if Damien Oliver can win it. Look, his last start run at Mooney Valley was a lot better. Um, they did put the one-eyed blinker on him and the stable are expecting him to, to perform uh, well. Uh, obviously, he has got this little um, uh, foot abscess that has um, uh, come to light and he has to pass a, a fitness test on Tuesday morning to have his start in the race. But indications were on Derby Day that... Uh, uh, they're happy with his fitness and they believe that just that Mooney Valley run last time, if you go back, he was uh, squeezed up at the start and then he had another runner laying all over the top of him uh, for most of the journey and then he got home late. So, um, yeah, not the worst horse if he lines up on race day. Horse three is without a fight, uh, trained these days by Anthony and Sam Friedman. Last start, Corfield Cup winner 
Mark Zara has chosen to ride him ahead of last year's winner, Gold Trip. Also has 56 and a half, and the slight slow could be barrier 16. Joel? Yeah, going to need to try and, you know, get into the, the right lane and follow the right horse, but no better jockey at this point in time to have on board in Mark Zara, who's going great guns. Uh, he's got to be a top contender. That was a solidly run Caulfield Cup, and he proved the strongest there. Uh, I think you can largely ignore last year's run, um, you know, beaten over 20 lengths, but he's clearly a different horse. Uh, he's won three or four since and, and just looks to be in fine fettle. So similar to Gold Trip, just has to be in most people's short list, I would have thought. Number four is Breakup from Japan, trained by Tatsuya Yoshioka. Jockey is Kohei Matsuyama, 55 kilos, barrier 18, Carl. Yeah, that's an unlucky barrier, I believe, as well. Um, but uh, his Caulfield Cup run, he uh, he just sort of peaked on his effort. He's, he's the sort of horse that um, he'll come on fitness-wise for that run. He's galloped ahead of the Caulfield Cup at, at, at uh, Caulfield five days before the race, indicated that he was short of his uh, best fitness. His uh, form over this two-mile trip is, is generally a bit better. Uh, he, he lacks a turn of foot. He'll have to be put into the race uh, before the home turn, I suspect, um, to, to then use his stamina reserves to, to, to fight on. I think he's probably just the top half uh, chance, although I suppose uh, you've got to underestimate these Japanese horses at peril, but I would be surprised if he finished top four. Number five is the favourite of Vauban. French bred, trained in Ireland by Willie Mullins, who has had uh, second, a third, a fourth and a sixth in this race before. Ryan Moore, who's won the race, 55 kilos, barrier three. Joel? You know, as we touched on earlier, you know, $3.30 really did look a bit of poison. I see he's $4.50, $4.60 is around at the moment and, and possibly even a bit longer. And I think that's probably about right. Um, all the all the spruks says he probably deserves to be favourite, but perhaps not that short. Uh, obviously, a hurdler turned flat horse and was dominant at Royal Ascot, albeit had the race run to suit, was able to control things up on speed, beating his stablemate Absurd and also more felons who made some ground in behind and then obviously was able to go on and win the group three at Nace. So he comes here with big wraps. He draws well. He'll be up on speed. He's going to give you a great sight. And I think he's getting out to a, a more realistic quote. Horse number six is Solcom, trained by Chris Waller to be ridden by the magic man, Joao Moreira, 53.5 kilos, barrier four, Carl. Perfectly handled, I suppose, uh, last spring. They gave him that run at the back end of uh, Cup Week. He won the Queen Elizabeth so impressively. He went off the boil a little bit in the autumn, but uh, we saw a glimpse of his best when placed in the Roy Higgins. This campaign has been fantastic. I suppose the knock that everyone can see is that he's very tardy out of the barriers. That's a trait he's possessed for his whole life. Um, one of his most impressive wins, I'd say, was the Melrose Handicap uh, back at York in August 2022. Uh, it's the richest three-year-old handicap in England, and uh, he blew the start by five, and he, he rounded them up and won by four, uh, and that was over 2,800. Can he do that on Tuesday? Perhaps not, but with 53 and a half. All righty. Horse number seven is the stable mate, uh, the stable mate to the favourite, Absurd, also bred in France, trained in Ireland, of course, by Willie Mullins. Zach Purton rides, 53 kilos, barrier eight, Joel. 
Yeah, well, he's the one that's trimming up a little bit with Vorban getting out and, and a, a couple of the others getting out. He's, I think his price in the last sort of 24 hours has come from 21 down into about 12 or 13. So, and I guess, you know, people are looking at, you know, if he can run second to Vorban at Ascot, then, you know, why is he 20 to 1? And I guess you can make that sort of, um, make that sort of case that he was over the odds. It was a, a pretty solid staying effort there at Ascot. He made good ground. He was beaten seven and a half lengths, but um, you know, the way the, the Vorban had been able to control that tempo, I thought Absurd ran on really well. And then he drew the outside barrier in the E-Bore. He was there to be beaten. The last 100 metres, you thought the, the second and the third horse were there to, to really knock him off, but he just kept fighting. So I don't think he'll have any problems with the two miles and he should get a good ride with Zach Purton aboard. Number eight is Right You Are for Marin Eustace. John Allen to ride, also 53 kilos. Barrier 15. Carl, you were breaking up. Are you still there? I'm still here. Can you, can you hear us loud and clear? Perfect. Loud and clear. Yeah, right you are. Um, Sire and Dan both contested the Melbourne Cup, so he is bred to get the distance. And he has flourished in the care of Kieran Marr and David Eustace. Um, yeah, he's, his form at the start this year was fantastic. He's gone to another level, fifth in the Underwood. Um, had every chance his next two starts, it must be said. He will have to improve. Uh, several lengths to, to be uh, finishing top four in this field. But, uh, you know, he's more of a realistic top half chance, but uh, he couldn't be going any better. Number nine in the 2023 Melbourne Cup is the 2019 winner. Vow and Declare, still trained by Danny O'Brien, this time to be ridden by Billy Egan with 53 kilos, barrier 19. Uh, obviously looking to be the first horse to win the race twice, four years apart and uh, having his fourth go at it, Joel? Yeah, look, a horse that's in pretty good form. You know, wait for age, group one placing, backed up by a, a wide and, and game effort in the Mooney Valley Cup. But you touched on it there. To win a Melbourne Cup four years apart, I just, you know, I can't see it happening. I think, you, you know, you've got to, you've got to cull a few out of this field that have a little bit of form, and he's, he's probably one that, yeah, I'll be, I'll be risking, albeit he is in good form and, and certainly the stable have done a great job to get him here in, in such good form as an eight-year-old. Number 10 in the 2023 Melbourne Cup is Cleveland. Uh, this one trained by Chris Lees to be ridden by Mickey D with 52 kilos. Um, I had this down as my fourth or fifth go until barrier 23 came out, which put me off a bit, but trying to uh, become the eighth Winner for the already record-holding Lloyd Williams. Carl? Yeah, there's every chance he could. I mean, stamina's not going to be the issue. It's going to be the speed. If this has run truly and if those with uh, more stamina than speed come to the fore, well, then Cleveland will be there when the whips are cracking. His last start win at Mooney Valley in the Cup was, it was good off a wide run, uh, just produced at the right time. And, uh, and won well. He seems to have just been building fitness steadily all the way through his spring campaign. And uh, I suppose, you know, obviously, there are stronger... Um, you can make stronger cases for others in the field, but he wouldn't be the complete uh, surprise at, at, at that Bolter's odds. Number 11 is Ash Run, also for Ma and uh, Eustace. Another one for Ma and Eustace, Karen McAvoy, uh, a very successful jockey in this race to ride, only 51 and a half kilos and barrier 11, Joel. Yeah, another eight-year-old, um, but of course he's only lightly raced because he spent the best part of three years on the sidelines. He won the 
the race on the Derby Day, the the Hotham, whatever it was called back in 2020, and and then got into the Melbourne Cup in in that year, and just Gate 23 ruined his chances. He got an absolute mile back, and his run was actually really good, uh, finishing alongside Very Elegant. Of course, went on to win the following year's Melbourne Cup. He's going super, I reckon. He's three runs this time in. The Bart Cummings run was excellent, and the, the form through that Bart Cummings is holding up well. And he went to Geelong, and I just reckon he wanted to get going before the turn. I'm not sure that that track really suited him. It was a bit of a blanket finish there, but it was a good run. And, you know, whilst it would be an absolute huge training performance, these are the right guys to do it. And I reckon he's a good roughie. Number 12 is Deshaun Sweet Jr. Trainer is Philip Stokes. Jockey is Dan Stackhouse, 51 and a half kilos, barrier 12, Carl. Well, back in Sweet Junior has been unplaced his past nine starts since finishing third in the 2022 Sydney Cup. His last three starts have been encouraging, albeit in that lesser uh, handicaps in the Headley Naturalism and Herbert Powell. Each of those runs um, seemed to be slowly run and he got back in the field and, and he did make up some grounds in the Herbert Power. Look, you'd have to really surprise. He, he does like uh, dry ground. But uh, I would suspect, again, uh, he was sixth in last year's Cup and probably a, a top six finish, uh, I'm sure. Number 13 is Okita Sushi. And this one, despite the name sounding uh, like it's a Japanese horse, it's uh, an Irish horse, Irish trained, Irish bred by Galileo. Um, out of a fastnet rock mare, in fact, in Amicus. Um, Dylan Gibbons to ride, 51 and a half, barrier 20, Joel. Probably needed to see more from him at Caulfield. Um, the way the race was run, it, it gave the horses out the back a, a chance to, to run on and be strong through the line, but he just, he just wasn't as strong through the line as you would like to have seen. Like, he was beaten 10 lengths, I'm sure if he had a shown a little bit more, Karen McAvoy probably would have been eager to stick with him and he's come up with a wide gate. So uh, he was a Royal Ascot winner earlier this year, but I just think he needed to do more at Caulfield uh, to warrant serious consideration here. Uh, number 14 is Shiraz. And he is trained by Chris Waller. And the jockey will be Bo Mertens, also with 51 and a half. And Barrier 22, Carl. Hasn't won for over two years, yet to win in Australia. Um, draws that wide barrier, will get back to the second half of the field. There's every chance he'll be uh, maybe spotting the field along with Sulkham at the start. And um, look, his, his effort at Mooney Valley in the Cup last time was encouraging. He was only beaten a couple of lengths. But, uh, you know, as, as Joel has indicated, you do have to eliminate some runners here. And uh, I suppose whilst he has got that Sydney Cup placing on a heavy track, uh, you, you do uh, – it is it is easier to omit Shiraz from uh, uh, your selections, I, I suspect, on form. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> no, that's uh, – <laughs> no, we uh, seem to sum that up. All right, yeah. Barry, uh, number 15 in the 2023 Melbourne Cup is Lestochka. And this is a French-bred mare making her Australian debut, but with – the local or Cranbourne stable of Mick Price and Michael Kent Jr. Craig Williams, a winning Melbourne Cup jockey, to ride at just 51 kilos, barrier 21. Uh, who have we got, Joel? 
Yeah, barrier 21 probably makes it a bit tough. She's an intriguing mare, um, not a, an overly big mare, quite sort of small in stature. She's obviously been coming through the grades and, and, and doing a good job over in France, mostly on tracks with given them. And I'd say the track's going to be pretty firm come three o'clock on the, with the 30 degrees on Tuesday. So I doubt she would have felt any sort of ground like that. So that would be a query. Um, market keeping her pretty safe at $21. And I suppose that's probably got a, a bit to do with the, the Craig Williams factor and, and the fact that, you know, Australian bloodstock have a decent record in this race. But I'd probably just want to see how she goes. Number 16 is Magical Lagoon. This is another of the Chris Waller runners with Mark Duplessis to ride. 51 kilos from Barrier 7, Carl. So uh, Magical Lagoon won last year's Irish Oaks. She was a Royal Ascot winner prior to that. Uh, she raced at Japan at the end of last year, uh, pulled up at the back of the field and has been pretty much terrible ever since, with the exception of her last start run. Uh, where she was uh, almost led throughout in, in the Geelong Cup. Uh, she's recently uh, relocated down to Chris Waller's Victorian base, uh, you know, switching between Flemington and Nat Maston. And maybe that's uh, those surrounds have, have sparked a little bit of form. Uh, you'd expect an aggressive ride from Barrier 7. They'll just put her into the race and, and, and maybe... Uh, yeah, on the home turn, she'll, she'll be up there, but w whether or not she's there at the finish uh, remains to be seen. I'm inclined to risk. And number 17 is Military Mission for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bont, very much in form stable. Rachel King, uh, coming off a Group 1 win on Saturday, will ride with 51 kilos, barrier 5, and coming off a win in the Herbert Power and has had a trial win since then as well, Joel. Yeah, look, he's an interesting runner because he's he was in good form sort of earlier in the year and then he's come back this year and, and or this season, sorry, and gone to a new level. It was a good win at Newcastle, went to the Metrop and got probably a touch further back than, than perhaps ideal and perhaps many expected, but the wide gate was against him there and he, he did a pretty good job. And then even the Herbert Power, he was up to 57 kilos, wasn't a lot of tempo on, but he was still able to come from just off midfield to get the job done. So he's in good form. He's got the good you know, informed stable, informed jockey and a, and a good barrier. So he's not, he's not going to be going into my bets, but I think if you're looking for a, I know they've got these top 10 or top eight markets out there, and he's probably one to consider for that. Number 18 is Serpentine. Uh, also Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott and is, the second runner for Team Lloyd-Williams. Uh, Jai McNeil, uh, another cup-winning jockey, 51 kilos, gets uh, draws the pole, barrier one. And, uh, Carl, of course, this horse won the derby back in 2020. Exactly right. The COVID-impacted derby uh, with the asterisks next to it. And I suppose even Serpentine's victory has carried a bit of an asterisk because he was just... Uh, well, left alone in the in the lead, and the, the peloton fell asleep, and he, he raced away with a, a a massive derby win that he hasn't been able to replicate since uh, his only victory since came at Eagle Farm back in April. And I suppose being in the Melbourne Cup with fifty one kilos as an English Derby winner probably tells you uh, what sort of form Serpentine has shown since. He, his, his effort in the Bart Cummings last time was was encouraging, uh, lightweight inside draw. 
um, gives him a chance to, to run top top 10, top 8, but I'd be surprised if he was winning. Number 19 is Virtuous Circle for Liam Howley, one of the Williams uh, uh, trainers. Craig Newitt will have 51 kilos and barrier 6, Joel. You've got to be putting a pen straight through him, I would have thought. He just doesn't seem to have come back as or come up this time in as a four-year-old. As a three-year-old, he was thrown in the deep end, didn't have much luck in the Australian Guineas or the Australian Cup, and then went to the Derby in Sydney and ran second. But just hasn't – he's had four runs back and he'd beaten four lengths, three lengths. So he's not getting absolutely thrashed, but it just we haven't seen enough for him to be considered a chance here. Number 20 is more felons. Yet another Waller runner, Jamie Carr. To Ride, who struck a bit of form on Saturday, 50 and a half kilos, does pick up the outside gate, has had one run in Australia, fifth uh, in the Geelong Cup, and before that was uh, eighth in the Ebor Handicap, won by Absurd Carl. He was short of a gallop heading into the Geelong Cup, um, probably more a Sydney Cup prospect than a Melbourne Cup prospect, but I think he may have surprised connections a touch. He was a drifter in betting on the day, and uh, he wasn't all that far away. So does that say a bit about the strength of this year's Geelong Cup, or does that say that more felons could be um, on the upward spiral and, and run a really cheeky race? He has got that lightweight. His European form uh, early in his career was over the hurdles, and... Uh, he was competitive in those uh, juvenile four-year-old um, hurdle races over two miles, and he has been, you know, decent without being, um, uh, you know, overly fantastic in uh, uh, you know lower tiers of stakes grade in England. So, look, he's a horse that may add uh, some value into the wider exotics. Horse number twenty-one is future history. Yet another Mara Eustace horse, Holly Doyle. Uh, arrives to ride at 50 kilos, barrier 13. Joel? Yeah, Holly Doyle, she's a star. Good to have her out here. And look, I think this guy's got to be a, a, you know, in, in, in the mix. He's getting out to decent odds. He's just continued to improve with each run. He's had good grounding with the three 2,000 metre runs and went to the 2,500. Sure, he was able to control the tempo there in the Bart Cummings and there were some horses out the back that were unlucky slash, you know, had flashing lights on them, but he fought when he needed to, and, and I thought it was a, a good performance. And he went to the Mooney Valley Cup, and obviously the tactics pre-race were to ride him further back. He found himself wide with the trail. He loomed into it, and I thought he batted on really well. Cleveland was just able to let those, or him and Vaughn declare go, and then pounce on them late with the right run. So I thought it was a, a good performance there to back up his Bart Cummings win. He can put himself close to the speed with no weight, and I think he's got to be some sort of a chance. Number 22 in the Melbourne Cup on Tuesday is Interpretation, also for Mara Eustace. T.O. Nugent to ride at 50 kilos, barrier 17, Carl. So he's the horse that notched his first win in Australia uh, last start in the Bendigo Cup. Uh, long overdue. He's been a very hard horse, a costly horse to follow for those who have been loyal to him. And I'm, I'm speaking about myself, I suppose, and, and many others. Um, he, he was luckless in the Bart Cummings prior. I do feel he's one of the better roughies in the race. He gets in with that lightweight Kieran Mara. David Eustace, of course, had high emotion place in last year's race and, and profiled similarly coming through the Bendigo Cup. So it's easy to make a case for an interpretation running a, a cheeky race at odds with that precedent. And uh, he has 
one over uh, 2,800 metres back in France by memory. I think it was placed in the uh, pre-Chardonnay at, at Group 2 level on a, on a wet track over 3,000 metres as a three-year-old. So stamina, no problem. The speed is the query. Number 23 in the Melbourne Cup is Carla Poor, Chris Lees at Newcastle, the trainer, Zach Lloyd to ride at 50 kilos. Barrier 14 comes off a win in what is now called the Archer, traditionally the Hotham Handicap, a win in your in race. And uh, Damien Oliver rode him a treat there, just hacked along in front, and it turned out to be a pretty good day for uh, front runners as well. Um, so here he is, Joel. Yeah, look, I, I always like to respect the, the winner of the Archer on, on the Saturday prior, but I just I think this year it's probably not going to be the right form line. As you said, he was able to just make all out in front, and it was nothing more than a, a, a track gallop, really. Uh, not sure if that's the, the right lead into this. Prior to that, he was racing well, third in the, the Metrop and, and the Newcastle Cup. He just got a mile back and ran on pretty well. So he's a consistent stayer, but I just think he's going to lack the class up against some of those. And finally, Carl, number 24, probably one that you can just put the pin straight through. I'm, I don't want to preempt you, but true marvel. French bread with Matthew Smith at Warwick Farm, Ben Thompson to ride, 50 kilos, Barry 10. Yeah, European jumping form's always looked at favourably, and uh, he's got a hurdle win at Hamilton for his most recent win. I'd be surprised if, uh, look, uh, if I think there's prizes for last in Melbourne Cup sweeps, and if you've got true marvel, uh, you're probably a good chance of collecting. All righty, they are the 24 runners. Drum roll. Joel, your top four uh, and anything, anyone, or, you know, and give us a give us a betting strategy, whatever you like. Yeah, well, I sort of, I, I narrowed it down to six with my winning post trifecta, and I'm just half inkling to putting in a seventh one. Uh, so we'll mention all of those. I've gone with number 21, Future History. Uh, sort of been with him right through, and he's been racing really well, and he hasn't done anything to sway me. He's got to step up to the plate and just show that he's got the class um, and, I guess, the stamina for the two miles. But, as I said, I, I didn't didn't get swayed by his Mini Valley Cup defeat. I thought it was a sound enough run in a race that he, he didn't really have to do an awful lot in because he'd already booked his ticket in by that Bart Cummings win. I think one gold trip's going to be very hard to beat. Uh, just, just the fact that he's only up a kilo on last year and it was such a, a good win and he's, he's going great guns, isn't he, with his lead in form. There's just not many holes in his form at all. I've got 11 Ash running for third. I think he's a good roughie that can run well. It would be a huge performance, but as I said earlier, he's in the right camp and I just think he needed to get going a little bit earlier at Geelong. I think he would have won the Geelong Cup and, and been a, perhaps a little bit higher on, on other people's radars. And also out of the Geelong Cup, I'm banking on that being decent form. You always got to question mark a blanket finish, but uh, I had something on more felons in that race and I was really happy with his run. So he needs to improve off the form that we saw in the UK against Absurd and Vorban to bridge the gap. But at least we have seen him here and we have seen him run well. He's obviously going to need luck from that wide gate. So 21, 1, 11 and 20. And the next three that I'll be including in my trifectas are without a fight, number three, Vauban, number five, and the one that I'm going to include uh, on second thoughts is number 22, Interpretation, who Carl was going into bat for as well. Yeah, on top four, Barn, um, I can't really add too much. That's not really out there. I mean, he's, he's jumping forms uh, of a very high standard and uh, he's been 
wisely um, bought by the connections, the Richies, and uh, it's a long-term project that's seemingly coming to fruition. Obviously, it's it's never easy to win Melbourne Cups, but I think uh, this has gone really the plan. Uh, his win of Ascot was fantastic. Yeah, I, I think the small query is his tactical speed. I, I know he got to the front at Ascot um, with the short run to the first turn, but, uh, you know, from barrier three, they'll be going a lot more quicker, I suspect, in the early uh, part of this race. Um, he's got a wonderful jockey aboard, uh, Ryan Moore. Uh, to, he should be able to um, offset any potential uh, hazards in run. And then in his run last time, he was just, um, they tapered in his fitness and uh, he still got the job done nicely over this, the subsequent sixth place going to Valiant King from the Caulfield Cup. He just he just picks himself. It's all about price. Hopefully he starts over $5. I've got him ahead of Solcombe. Um, he'll get back. He'll be running home. Really like him with the 53 and a half. If he doesn't blow it at the start, he'll be in the finish. Third number one, Gold Trip. He only goes up a kilo from last year. It's uh, got a bit of a long tail this race. I don't really feel that carrying an extra kilo this year will be that much of a penalty for him. I think he's in with a big shot. And then I've got interpretation in for fourth. The other two horses I'd like to mention are Absurd and Without a Fight. Uh, Without a Fight, I was tipping in this race last year. I just, with the benefit of the hindsight, I think he's maybe a 2,000 to 2,400 metre horse, but I respect his class. And I suppose in, in some respects, you have to respect Mark Zara's judgment. But absurd as well, I think he'll stay all day. I don't think he'll beat the stable, mate, but I think uh, he will be prominent at the finish. So um, betting strategy would be boxing those six horses up and also standing out Vorban to win with that, the other five to finish second and third. Five, six, one and 22. I'm with Vorban as well to beat uh, Gold Trip without a fight. And lest I go entirely in market order, I have promoted the Japanese horse breakup for four, five, one, three, and four. And the other three I'll be playing in my uh, novelties are Solcombe, Absurd, and Serpentine for one at a bit of odds. We move on to race eight at Flemington on Saturday, and that happens to be the Howden Desirable Stakes, 1,400 metres, set weights and penalties for three-year-old fillies at listed level. Joel? Yeah, I'm going to give number one, Azula, another chance. A little bit more pressure than anticipated first up at Caulfield, and 1,400 first up, never easy. Uh, went out nine dollars there. You can get forty-one here, so the market's completely against her, and I think uh, it's a little bit disrespectful. Disrespectful off that one run. Uh, I think she'll win a much better race here. I've got three Kamachi in for second class runner. We haven't seen her since the flight stakes. Uh, her form through that Princess Series in Sydney was excellent without winning. Thirteen commemorative. The market loves her again. She's a big girl, and she. Uh, was good first up at Randwick, really knuckled down late, couldn't quite pick up Kazoo, the older mare, but it was a pleasing return. And, yeah, as I said, she's got big wraps and she certainly looks smart. And if the number 20 gets in, she'd be my fourth pick, Mauricio. She's a bit of a work in progress, but she's got good talent. One from three, 13 and 20. Eight on top for me, Captain Amelia. Uh, has been fifth in the flight stakes in the Mooney Valley Classic. I, I like the... Uh... The, the, those two efforts, particularly um, the run at uh, Mooney Valley when getting back and coming wide in a race that Skybird, of course, that came from three back on the rail and pinched inside runs and won quite well. 
Uh, we saw Captain Amelia peel widest of all and finish home nicely. So I think back to this 1,400-metre uh, trip with the uh, with the 1,000 uh, guineas in mind, I'm expecting her to run well from Kamochi, who gets in particularly well at the weights, um, has only won just once from seven starts, but has been very competitive, placed in the T-rows and the flight. And under the set weights and penalties, just carrying 55 kilos, looks a luxury. Third, uh, for third, I'm putting in number 14, Batrana, a, a, an impressive last start winner at Ballarat has a lovely pedigree behind her. I'm sure will be competitive in this race and the 1,000 guineas. And then for fourth, number 11, right to party. Just had to make her run a touch early in the Crockett, peaked on the run a little bit on the line, uh, looking for the 1,400 metres now. I've gone 8, 3, 14 and 11. I'm with Kamachi to beat Facile, Commemorative and Pacific Cross, uh, which is... Uh, 3, 4, 13 and 18. Race 9 at Flemington on Tuesday is the Hong Kong Jockey Club Stakes, 1,400 metres, set weights and penalties for mares at Group 3 level, Joel. Uh, yeah, I'm having a decent bet here. I like number 13, Sandstock. Uh, she was second in the Mona Lisa and then second in the Tibby to kick off this campaign. Had a tick over trial, looked full of running. Then dropping back to 1,200 wasn't ideal, and then she came up with gate 15 just to make it tougher. I like the late support she got there at Randwick. Uh, oh, she came in from 13 to 7 quite late, uh, but she was never in the race. The, the, the tempo and the barrier and just the position in running was no help at all. So I think you put a pen through that. She was going really well prior. Tom Marquand for John O'Shea, 20 to 1. Really think she'll run a big race. I'll be having a saver on number 11, fine point. She's a good mare. She comes to hand quite quickly. She's definitely you know, rock-solid stakes-class horse, and I really liked her recent jump-outs at Flemington. I think she's come back in good order. And then uh, the class mare, Madame Pomery, Group 1 winner, uh, probably could have beaten Pericles first up with a bit of luck. A couple of just sort of so-so runs without a lot going her way in between, and then luckless in the Tristark. If she got clear air, she probably would have just about won. And in for fourth, I'll throw in at number seven, Essone. Uh, 1,200, got back at Caulfield first up. Didn't do a lot, but I think she'll be fitter and can improve out in distance. Keen on 13, Saver on the 11, next best one and seven. I've had a decent bet on Call Tire. If I had any money, I'd just keep on losing. Um, she was very unlucky last start in the Tristark. Um, she was held up in the straight, beaten a half length and finished third. And... I'll be buthering up again despite the wide barrier, Blake Shinnabore. Oh, hang on, hang on. You won't. You won't, Carl. She's out. No? Oh, she's out. Yeah. Oh, well, there you yeah. go. Well, there you go. Uh, pays to check scratches. Um, Ballet Rich, then, is my top selection. Uh, this horse also was at luckless in the blaze of stakes last time. Um, through barrier three, that time was bottled up and didn't get a crack at them. And here again, draws the car park, will settle in the second half and hopefully finishes home over the top of number 12, Climbing Star, who has been competitive against a male opposition of late. Uh, for third, I'm putting in number 11, Fine Points, who resumes from a spell and has a decent first-up record. And then for fourth, I'm putting in number two, Skewiff. Uh, 10, 12, 11, and two. And my value bet comes up in this race as well. That's number six, Wollombi, to be Madame Pomery, Belle Riche, and Skew with six, one, ten, and two. Uh, race ten, uh, last leg of the quaddy at, and indeed last race, five fifteen p.m. after a big day at Flemington on Tuesday is the Paramount Plus Trophy, fourteen hundred metre benchmark ninety handicap. Joel. 
Uh, 15 substantial for me. A bit of a work in progress in his first Australian campaign. Wanted to over-race at times and, and just do things a little bit wrong. But he showed good talent, uh, which included a second to Antino when they took him up to Eagle Farm. I thought the first up run at Caulfield was good. He settled quite well underneath Blake Shin and thought he ran quite nicely. So the, the outside gate's going to be the problem. He's just going to need to find a bit of cover and get him to settle. But if he can, I think he's a good each-way play to finish the card. To beat two Inver Park, who's been going better than his form suggests up in Sydney. Uh, 60 kilos, so he's got a bit of weight to carry, but I think he's going quite well. 16 short and lane, well found by the market, in good form. Uh, the Vienna Princess form is strong through that benchmark race he contested at Rose Hill last start. And the SA visitor Chicago Storm, a very consistent horse coming off the Gawler Cup. He goes in next best. And the other one I'll be including in my quad is number 14, Robusto. 15, 2, 16, 3. Yeah, 16 on top for me. Best of the day. Um, he is a group horse in the making. Uh, he's a Northern Hemisphere three-year-old, so his best is still ahead of him. But uh, he was runner-up at Caulfield two starts ago and placed behind Vienna Princess, who then won the Silver Eagle and the sixth in last weekend's Golden Eagle. So on top for me, from seven, Dubai Poet. Uh, another horse that uh, looks set to rack up the wins here in Australia. Third number 13, Pachiro. Um, tends to be unlucky, but uh, this is his best distance. And for fourth, I'm putting in two in for Park. I've gone 16, 7, 13 and 2. I went for Chicago Storm to beat Robusto, Bermudez and Chawton Lane. 3, 14, 6 and 16. My best was race 2, number 7, Mr Maestro. Value bet race nine, number six, Wallamire. Joel's value race nine, number 13, Sandstock. Carl's best race 10, number 16, Chalton Lane. Uh, Joel, uh, you want to tell us about your best, which is a horse that I'm also keen on earlier in the card we haven't heard about. And then, Carl, if you can just pick out another value bet from your selections. Go, Joel. Uh, yeah, the, Mr. Waterville looks to have found the right race to win his first race in Australia. Uh, race five over the 2,800 metres. So he was good second up in Australia at Rose Hill to 1900. They elected to back him up in the Metrop and hindsight probably wasn't the right thing to do. And, uh, he got a long way back. Tyler Schiller took off early and then the horse just didn't really finish off. So I think it was a forgetful run, but he really bounced back in the Geelong Cup. Uh, Craig Williams was you know, at him a fair way from home just to pick up and, and, and get into the race. And look, he was rock solid there in the in the busy finish. And if you giving a couple of those chances in the Melbourne Cup like I am, then uh, this guy, yeah, they were $3 I think he can get still around. And I, you know, whilst it's the sort of race that you, um, I think a couple of favourites have looked the winner in recent years and have come out and got the job done. So I think you can be pretty confident of taking a quote like that about him. Yeah, my value bet. Uh, is now Paperboy, race six, number seven. This is a horse that finished just outside the placings at Moey last time. Uh, he's a horse that I think will be suited in this uh, Grays race. It uh, doesn't have a great deal of depth, but I, I think particularly the way he finished off over 1,200 metres, he looked to be looking for the 1,400, and he looks well-placed just in this uh, Grays event with 53 kilos, dropping five kilos off his last run. All righty. Uh, now, the runner-by-runner rundown of the Melbourne Cup has, uh, as you'd expect, taken up a fair bit of time, but we might just very quickly have a look at the Randwick meeting. There's a $3 million race there. You might have heard about it. Uh, you might have uh, you might have had a sweep chart for it, apparently, in the Daily Telegram. 
Um, it is the big dance. Strangely enough, it is race five on a 10-race card, but I guess that's uh, because you, you build it, you know, you don't want to sort of have uh, your big race. Well, Melbourne Cup being a hard act to follow would be uh, why I would suggest the big dance is race five. It's on 40 minutes before the Melbourne Cup at uh, 2.20. Uh, so, how did you boys see the big dance? Starting with you, Joel. Yeah, I had number three, Attractable, on top. Uh, so, he was in really good form last prep on a couple at Rose Hill and the Coffs Harbour Cup to get into this race. And I thought the first up run in the Alan Brown was rock solid. He drew awkward, pressed on, found the lead and and really battled on well to be beaten just over a length by Cepheus. Um, he'll put himself close to the speed again and give you a really good sight. Four Wicklow was excellent first up. Uh, in the Falante, just whether 1,600, staying at that distance second up, it, whether he's sharp enough for it, because he'll quickly be looking for 2,000, uh, but he'll be finishing strongly. 16 highlights, I think it's way over the odds. He was $12 the other day against King of the Castle, and he was just tipped out. He stays down on the 52, and all of a sudden he's blown out to about $26. So I think he's the one that's overs. And obviously, number one, Cepheus has to be in. He's just been blessed by great barrier draws right through this campaign. but. In saying that, he keeps getting the job done. 62, that's a steadier, but he's got that gate to offset it. 3, 4, 16, and 1. I'm with 4, Wicklow on top. Joel's absolutely spot on. He, the worry with Wicklow is that he might be looking for 2,000 metres and, and further. Uh, he was the night catcher first up uh, over the, uh, the mile. I'm just hoping that uh, with this $3 million race in mind, and maybe even with the $2 million Ingham just around the corner, that uh, Chris Waller is kept on the fresh side uh, for this uh, really lucrative event. So I've got him on top from eight, I know a star, 15, Prince of Helena, and 10, Hollywood Hero. All righty. Uh, so just quickly, anything else you want to tell us about the Randwick card, starting with you, Joel? Well, Attractable was my value bet. Uh, I made my best bet, and he's around $18, race six, um, in the... Uh, barn, barn dance. dance, yeah, the newly formed barn dance. Uh, Bianco Volano, I was going into bat for him for the Kosciuszko, but there was clearly an issue there. He was beaten too soon and eased down by Craig Williams. So just, I think you put a pen through that. Prior to that, he was absolutely flying since the blinkers had gone on. Um, so I think off one run where he clearly had issues, the market's completely ignored him. And I think he's going to be a big chance... And the other horse that I'll be having something each way on later in the day is race nine, number 11, Rogue Bear. Uh, race nine, number 12, Deficit's my best. Uh, didn't see the best of him last campaign. Unplaced, but close up behind in, in three of those four unplaced efforts. Uh, just feel his recent trial was good and uh, look for him to be steaming home from his wide gate. Uh, I feel that's probably the only really other bet I, I want to have on the card there at uh, Randwick on all righty. Well, we might leave the preview section of the podcast there. There are, of course, big meetings at Morfordville, Eagle Farm and Ascot on Tuesday. All the form and the boys' selections for uh, Adelaide and Brisbane are in your winning post, which uh, is on the stands and online as we speak. Um but uh, we will move straight on to our best $20 bet of Melbourne Cup Day, Lazy Lobsters. Lazy Lobsters. 
Saturday, Derby Day. I mean, I think it was particularly at Flemington. It was a uh, it was a tough day. Uh, Carl, I should give you kudos because the one th- there's always something I forget to do in the uh, winning post Melbourne Cup special. And the thing I forgot to do was update the quaddy plays panel for the day's racing. So the quaddy plays that are the results that are on there are actually from Derby Day last year. Uh, but uh, well done on getting the Brisbane quaddy on Saturday. And uh, getting the punters $645 back for their $30. That was an excellent effort. And as far as the lazy lobsters go, uh, well, Joel, I think you might have been a bit stiff. Athel fled each way. Uh, was yeah. uh, finishing like a train on that leader's track and uh, must be a big hope for the, uh, for the Oaks on Thursday. I'll kick us off. Uh, Picking up the ones and twos earlier on the card, as I like to do. Race two, number seven at Flemington on Tuesday, Mr. Maestro. Uh, yeah, I'll have a, a $10 win all up. So we'll go 10 for a win, Mr. Waterville, which is uh, Flemington race five, number three. Mm-hmm. All up the win, all up the win, race nine, numbers 11 and 13, which are Fine Point and Sandstock. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm in the feeble position still after uh, Cosgo. I backed him each way. I think it might have been the Lazy Lobster, and it was fourth in the derby a big price so i'm going to go safer here i'll have ten dollars the win on uh, vorban in the melbourne cup and i'll then take a ten dollar double into chorton lane race 10 number 16 is the second leg of that double excellent all right well uh that leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post cup special if you haven't already as i said it is in the shops right now it's got full form for flemington ramwick Morphville Eagle Farm, Ascot and Echuca. Uh, various of your favourite features, including the uh, monster Melbourne Cup crossword that takes me about a week of my life each year. Um, and uh, plenty of good reading as well. It is just the usual six bucks. It's in the shops now and it's also online via winningpost.com.au. Have a great cup day, everybody. We will talk to you Thursday uh, with our Champion Stakes Day preview on the preview podcast.